Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 28th of October 2010. Newcomers, I always suggest you look into the CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and bookmark the other sites you see listed because we do get problems here. Actually, I get problems here with the various problems with Yahoo especially. And they also say that too many folk going into the com site to download audios at the same time can cause problems. So they say they just can't handle it, so they say, which is utter nonsense, of course. But that's the sort of nonsense you do get. That's why there's so many other sites listed there. If you find sticking on downloads, try these alternate sites that are listed on the com site. And we're at it too. Remember, it costs a lot of cash to keep all this going. I don't accept the cash from advertisers. I could. I could bring on lots and lots of guests for you who will scare the bejesus out of you and then flog you whatever it is they sell at the end of it and give you a relief for a little while until you see the bill. And that's really an hour's advertising. That's how most shows legitimately, and it's okay, make their money. That's how the hosts do it. And without that advertising, of course, there'd be no shows at all out there except things like the BBC and the Voice of America because they don't depend on advertising. So that's the way it is. So the, the, what I do, why I do it this way and why I do it this way is because it gives me more leeway to just get the basic facts out to the general population. Uh, and uh, and it's more straight up that way. I could take advertisers on. I haven't looked at them all, and uh, they're certainly all willing, in fact, to come on board and start financing me. And it would make things an awful lot easier with me. I could hire staff and all the rest of it and do a lot more. But then I'm into almost show business if I do that too. So it's up to you, the listeners, to support me by buying the books and so on I have for sale. It's very few. I don't have time to do anything else at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. And you can do so, you can buy them from the States by using international postal money order. Uh, you can also use a personal check from the States to Canada. You can use PayPal to donate or to purchase. If you want to purchase with PayPal, just send the donation through PayPal, followed by a separate email with your name, address, and the order, and I'll get it to you. Across the rest of the world, same idea. Remember, cash, too, is still acceptable. You can send it in the post. Some people cover it with uh, tinfoil or, or chocolate cover wrappings, the tinfoil, and uh, that stops them getting any hassles. But I've, I haven't had anything going missing in the mail so far from either the U.S. or from Europe. And you can also, in Europe, use Western Union, which is kind of steep. I suggest MoneyGram, and you can get a check from MoneyGram and post it to me. That's far cheaper even still than wiring it. Gets here in about a week. Uh, and use PayPal as well across the rest of the world to order or donate. And believe you me, donations are accepted. It doesn't matter how much it is either because most folk don't send much at all. At least the ones who do. And it's always the same people over and over. And that is a big statement on the world in which we live where everyone's been trained that everything's free and nothing is free. You're giving up something if you think you're using something that's free. Believe you me, you really are. The whole system is set up 
your Facebooks, MySpace, and all the rest of it to get you to give all your data up there for the big agency. I call it the world agency to collect because they must know everything you're doing all the time. Remember, too, if you want transcripts, they all carry transcripts, all my sites as well, in English. And if you want transcripts in other languages, try alanwattsentinel.eu and you'll find a lot of them have been translated into other languages. You can choose from them and take your pick. Print them up and pass them to your friends or read them at your leisure. Personally, I don't like reading anything off the computer because people, uh, uh, apart from myself, find it harder to remember the stuff looking at that glaring light. It's much easier to look at stuff in, on paper, and you will retain it far, far better. But that's up to you. What, what I do in this show really is just go into the basic known facts. The known facts. We can speculate forever about everything else and uh, make lots of money off speculation, lots of people do. But we have the known facts of how the world is run. It's not that complicated, believe you me, it's not that complicated if you do your homework and there's enough very good videos out there, even put out by the BBC on the histories, such as from John Pilger and others, on the Rand Corporation and all the big players that shape your thoughts and your daily talks and everything else you do. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix just talking about if you want to know your history, it's not difficult for those that can't read books and lots can't read books anymore. Many have told me that, they just don't have the patience for it. But you can go into the video documentaries by people like Adam Adam Curtis, very good um, historian you might say, and narrator. And he shows you how a lot of the 20th century was set up how he went through the Cold War with uh, game theory being used. We're all run through computers, every single one of us, based on the idea that everyone's basically selfish and would rip off the next person. And uh, the only thing that stopped them was you'd have to outsmart the next person. So it's a sort of equilibrium that you come to where you, you, you don't want to rip them off too much in case they'll retaliate and rip you off. That was the whole idea of the Cold War and the strategies and so on. So we're told. I don't believe personally there was a Cold War, apart of, at least not for the ones at the top that ran both sides. The ones at the bottom probably saw it differently. But isn't that always the way? And then you had the big RAND Corporation when running us all through their computers and, and various other think tanks working on this game theory principle. Basically it came up in the 50s and then it was taken over by a, a paranoid schizophrenic they made a movie, a movie called A Beautiful Mind and made a better look, look like an actor because the little guy himself was at the paranoid schizophrenic, was a pretty ugly looking character and uh, he had an ugly nature as well. However, Hollywood is awfully good at smartening people up, especially when they want you to love them. Uh, people like Kinsey, for instance, so far removed from the reality, it's unbelievable. But then again, uh, Hollywood does all that. They give you your new histories and your new beliefs because it's all part of the cultural agenda of destruction of society. Been awfully successful in a lot of countries. Britain is kaput, absolutely finished as far as culture goes. And they want to do the same with the U.S. And it's not far to go there either. But anyway, that's the world, the big, big world and how it's really been shaped to destroy people and bring them together or control them. You must destroy them first. And that's why you create chaos. 
And out of the chaos, you create the new order, and that's why it's called the New World Order. It's an ordered society. We get our thoughts and our opinions and our ideas, even our beliefs now, from uh, very important and well-paid think tanks, starting, of course, with the old ones, Madison Avenue. Bertrand Russell talked about bringing them on board in the 1940s and 1950s to shape uh, the way that people think, the average person thinks and how they, how they would work with the educational systems as well to make sure as they go into a world society uh, via the UNESCO, United Nations, they make sure that every child across the world has the same basic indoctrination. doesn't mean they're given the truth, no. They're being shaped to fit into this new planned society. And that's what order is all about. There's nothing about freedom and order, you see. And I'll put up tonight a link to, to uh, one of the big companies, too, who's awfully well-connected to a lot of important people that help to shape your policies and everything else. Because everything's outsourced, you see. Politicians come in, and the only ones who know what they're doing are the advisors. I've never seen a school for advisors, but I I imagine there's a world school somewhere for them. They all tend to be of the same uh, stock, basically. They all know what the agenda is, and they always have their front gophers called prime ministers or presidents who sign agreements that advisors draft up for them and the script writers do and all the rest of it. So really, presidents and prime ministers are defunct. They're little actors, basically. And that's all the public must see. The public really like Punch and Judy shows. They like to see somebody uh, and something happening. And so they make sure you get someone to throw the tomatoes at or, to, or someone to kiss their feet. I mean, you ought to see the feet to kiss, you see. So they make sure you get them. Uh, that's how fickle and silly the public really truly are. And we've been really brought up that way maybe even bred that way, who knows, but definitely brought up that way and trained that way. Years ago, people were awfully suspicious about any politician. They were incredibly suspicious about any newspaper, mainstream newspaper, because they knew the tycoons owned them. They knew who they hobnobbed with, who backed them and all the rest of it, and they knew that they, whatever they got was propaganda. So I'll pop tonight one big, one big company that gives a lot of propaganda out, Remember, propaganda is your spin on things. What do, you, what do you want the public to believe? At one time, it was used quite openly, and in Bernays, after World War I, who helped create all the propaganda for World War I to get America into it, and it was disposed afterwards, all the lies they told Americans, they then changed, he then changed it to public relations. It sounds much better, isn't it, public relations? Well, it's one company that's called H&K, PR and Communications Agency London. Very big one. And it says, this is from their own website, it says, We're often asked, what exactly do we do? Our answer to that is very simple. We shape conversations, okay? We shape conversations. That's for the hard of thinking, I repeat things once in a while. What to say, how to say it, who to say it to. We can connect with consumers, businesses, employees, governments, and that mercurial audience we call influencers, and opinion formers. We can help start conversations, change conversations, amplify conversations, and we do so in a way that will deliver demonstrable return, be it perception, because it's perception management, behavior, alteration, right, sales or profits. So they work with governments and all the other biggies. And it's, their whole name is hillandnolton.co.uk. And it shows you a lot of the things that they do on their front page. They've got a lot of videos for those who like to watch moving things on that that little screen there that flickers in front of you. So 
that's only one of the biggies. There's lots of them. And as I say, even the Rand Corporation and UNESCO and all these big boys use these public relations or propaganda firms to make sure that you will parrot in your conversations exactly what they designed you to parrot and how they designed it to be said. You'll do it the, the proper way, the proper way, the way you've been brainwashed to do it. That's how all these things are run. All these things, like every bit of information you get in the planet goes through public relations, even your local cops. When they make an announcement, has to go through their public relations officer. Even your little tin pot council, if you live in a little boonies place, has its public relations uh, expert, who then can soften it, reword everything to mislead you into thinking something is very harmless when you should be very upset about it. That's what they do. That's how they manage people. And left, right, and all the other parties, they all do the same things. They use these massive PR firms. Propaganda. Propaganda. Now, it's no surprise to anyone, and most folk don't really care, mind you, but the computer was given to us to bring in this phase of society. And uh, some of the big players who were pushing it back in the 80s said it would revolutionize, revolutionize. Never, whenever you hear that term from a big player, revolution or revolutionize something, believe them. It means they're not coming out with, off the top of their head with their idea or opinion on something. It's because they've been to the world meetings where they do plan how the world is to go. And these are the masters who've given us every revolution down through the last few hundred years. Always for the public good, you understand. But anyway, the computer is, is, is up there and everyone's using it and we're helping them all collect data and to go into this wonderful world where it's going to be used uh, along with punishment and reward. You will be allowed to go on the internet and do your things. If you don't go into nasty sites, you don't say nasty, politically incorrect things and uh, you have to pay all your, your, your banking and so on and, and bills through it eventually because we're going to cash this within the next few years. So see the big bankers. Punishment and reward, social approval, social disapproval, it all comes through what we're given, doesn't it? Now I've gone, I've, I've done studies before and, and read studies before on this, this uh, show where they've talked about um, creating this social approval and social disapproval. It's very easy to do. And most folk you see, even the middle classes especially, are more apt to fastly go into uh, something to do with, with more political correctness. Whoever's the in thing in political correctness, they adapt to it much quicker, you see, because they all want to belong to the group. And they don't want to stand apart from the group or be, or be shunned by the group. All the avant-garde, up-and-coming middle class. It's harder, actually, to, to brainwash folk who have little, had little education. And the studies all prove that as well. So what they do with that group is get them lots of porn and, and silly sitcoms and things that just constantly entertain them on a more basic level. But it's going, it's going step by step in a Pavlovian way to training us all into the next step and the next step and the next step. I'm sure all these steps were planned before they gave us the, the computer. I'm sure they could have given us uh, all the, the gadgets that are out today in computer technology and integrated circuitry. I'm sure they have given us all the latest models that are being sold today at the very beginning if they wanted to. 
but they give you these big bulky things to make you think, oh, they're on the cutting edge, they're just working on it now, they haven't worked out all the problems. And therefore, folk really went into it, big thing, big time thinking, well, I guess we control the information. That was a big lie, you see. That was the big lie. The military industrial complex gave you this darn thing. And not before they'd had many, 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 many world meetings about it. The big boys never give the public anything to give them freedom. It never will happen as long as this earth turns. His article, this article here says, Goodbye to passwords. New software brings facial recognition technology to mobile phones. Scientists at the University of Manchester have, have developed software for mobile phones that can track your facial features in real time. Eventually, will be able to tell who the user is, where they're looking, even how they're feeling, even how they're feeling. Hmm? Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. Reading an article from the Daily Mail about this new software to do with facial recognition and so on. And as I said too, they're able to tell who the user is, where they're looking, and even how they're feeling. How they're feeling, eh? The method is believed to be unrivaled for speed and accuracy and could lead to facial recognition replacing passwords and PIN numbers. Well, yeah, of course that had to come, to log into Internet sites for a mobile phone. Existing mobile-to-face trackers give only an approximate position and scale of the faces, Dr. Phil Tessardin, who is lead researcher in the project, says here. Uh, it says, our model runs in real-time and accuracy, tracks a number of landmarks on or around the face, such as the eyes, nose, mouth, and jawline. I wonder if it x-rays you too, eh? That'll come too. A mobile phone with a camera on the front captures a video of your face and tracks 22 facial features. This can make facial recognition more accurate and has great potential for novel ways of interacting with your phone. Oh, what fun, me! Eh? Originally intended as part of a face and voice verification system for access to mobile internet applications such as email, social networking and online ban- banking, Alternatives or uses for the device could include fun applications. Oh, that will definitely get it going. That, for instance, attach virtual objects to the user's face as they move around. Oh, what fun, what fun. I'm really amused. At this stage, we're particularly interested in demonstrating uses for the face-tracking part of the technology, which is the area of the University of Manchester. They get massive contracts from the military-industrial complex at the University of Manchester is involved in, says Dr. Tressardin, who is based in Manchester's School of Cancer and Enabling Sciences. Or maybe they'll get cancer with it too. Maybe that'll be fun as well, to see pretty pictures dancing around their faces. It's a very fast, and I can't find anything that can rival it on a mobile phone. So face verification is already used in laptops. Mind you, the cancer part makes sense, since it also gives you cancer, of course, when you're using the phone next to your ear there in the temporal lobe. Also alters your emotions as well, which I've read the articles about before too. And uh, that makes perfect sense. It would know how you're feeling. Hmm. Anyway, face verification is already used in laptops, webcams, and Xbox 360 Connect. But this is the first time the technology has been used with such sophistication in mobile devices such as smartphones, at least for the users at the bottom line. The new software, built on 20 years of research at the university, has been demonstrated on a Nokia N900 for the EU-funded mobile biometrics 
project. That there, there, there you go. There's the European Parliament funding this. It's all for your fun, though. They want you to have pretty pictures dancing around your face and stuff if you get cancer of the brain. Isn't that nice? It's called the Mobile Project. And then it gives you uh, links for more data on it. No one will care because they're having too much fun. And that's the way it really is, folks. Egocentric and egocentric. That's what Russell said. We'll create an egocentric and egocentric population having too much fun to care about what's really happening to themselves or others. I am all important. Me, me, me. Mohammed is now the most popular name for baby boys ahead of Jack and Harry in Britain. Well, it's why, why not? Why not? Jack's going to vote a fashion. It says, uh, it shot up from a third the previous year, overtaking Jack, which topped the list for the past 14 years, but was relegated to third spot. Olivia topped the list for little girls for the second year in a row behind Ruby and Chloe. A total of 7,549 newborns were given 12 variations of the Islamic prophet Muhammad's name last year, such as Muhammad and Muhammad. I guess they meant Muhammad and Muhammad. Anyway, it says, um, uh, the second most popular boy's name, Oliver, was given to 73,364 babies. Harry and Alfie came in fourth and fifth place, respectively. The official list, which covers all births in 2009 in England and Wales, has Muhammad as number 16, but this does not include the many different spellings, which are all ranked separately. When they're added in, Muhammad zooms all the way up to the top spot for the first time. Well, I'm glad to see somebody's winning. Anyway, Treasury, he's a tre- one on the Treasury as well. And it's quite an interesting little piece, but again, it's, it's all obfuscation as well. As they tell you a little bit of truth, they'll, they'll make it deliberately obscure. The Obama administration's latest estimate of taxpayer costs of the Wall Street bailout is too rosy and could ultimately damage public. They laugh at this when they say this public trust in government, the top bailout cop said on Monday. In his quarterly report, the Congress Special Inspector General for the Troubled Asset Relief Program said the Treasury Department's bailout cost estimate for American International Group was an example of using misleading numbers to paint a positive pre-election account of the program. The administration on September the 30th slashed its estimate of the overall cost of the U.S. financial bailout by more than half to less than $50 billion on the back of a new plan to sell the government's stake in insurer AIG. The SIGTARP, S-I-G-T-A-R-P, report said the Treasury Department, a TARP remembers a TARP pollens, we cover something up with. Anyway, it says, um, it's, com- it's coming in with a fresh estimate and has changed its calculation method to estimate $5 billion cost for AIG. That was a shift from an earlier projection of $45 billion that used a broader measure to calculate the cost. Can you imagine if you did your, your home costs for, for keeping your house going and your bills and that with the methods they use? Can you imagine it? And they get away with it too, don't they? Says public, I've got to laugh at this too. Public anger at the bailout of Wall Street. Well, how much public anger has really been? A bit of a murmur, uh, and it kind of died down. Most folk didn't, didn't have a, even a murmur out there. Most folk had nothing. Has been a major factor in con- congressional races ahead of November the second election, in which Republicans are poised to make major gains against Democrats who now control Congress. It makes no difference who controls it. They all sign the same UN agreements for globalism and invest in the same global companies. Back with more after this.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. And that was just wailing on there, that big guitar riff, because sometimes you've got to wail once in a while when you see the rubbish that you have to read. Right? And you have to read it because, you see, all the stuff that's coming out to the public now is through mainstream. It's through mainstream. The rest of it's coming through alternate sites, and a lot of which play the right-wing and left-wing game as well. And, and, and the left-wing ones, no doubt about it at all, are obviously all global anyway. So what's the difference? And they're all for the redistribution of wealth, which means that the poor in America get poorer as they help the poor across the world. And everything really turns into a big circus if you really think that you're always going to get truth from, from alternate sites. It just doesn't happen that way. You've got to think for yourself. No one else will do it for you. And anything I say too, you have to look it up for yourself, hopefully, and 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 take your own opinions from it. You have to. And again, if you really want to know what's happening, go into the older books. The ones written before nine, the, the First World War were pretty well excellent because most folk who read at all in those days and read the big thick books, the dusty dry ones about politicians and memoirs. Uh, there was an awful lot of truth in those books because they were far more open about what they were doing and where they were going with the world and how they would do it as well. And then with a lot of it happening, again, another burst during World War II and after World War II, as you thought they could get their United Nations in and even a global government started up then. And lots of big players just churned out their books, big propaganda drive to get everyone into a global government, but there's still countries that did not quite want to give up their sovereignty. So they had to go back to the quiet way of doing it by lying to the public and signing yearly agreements to integrate with closer ties, they called it, integrations of different continents and the countries contained within, like Europe, for instance, and the North American Trade Agreement. Trade, remember, and all your laws revolve around economics, and economics determines your laws. So if you go in for trade and you're binding everything with trade, then all laws must follow suit, including the laws of your country, right down to your local laws, in fact. That's a, that's a known fact in economics. Anyway, back to this TARP article from Reuters, or the ones I call them Reuters. They wrote the news down to you. There's only two main ones that give all the different media what's the right thoughts for the day for the for the cattle down below. So you have to read this stuff carefully. And it says here, uh, the, the usual stuff, it says, the Treasury failed to make it clear it changed its calculation method and it was relying solely on recent stock market prices for AIG shares and making the new estimate, the SIG-TARP report said. It concluded that the Treasury needed more transparency in its public disclosures about TARP costs. We'll give them the X-ray machine. We'll see what's, what's going on. This conduct has left Treasury vulnerable to charges that has manipulated its methodology for calculating losses to present, to present two different numbers depending on its audience. Well, there's nothing new in that. There's nothing new in that at all. A different set of numbers will be reported to the Government Accountability Office for an assessment of the program that's set to be released in November, it said. 
Treasury's unfortunate insensitivity to the values of transparency has led it to engage in conduct that risks further damaging public trust in government, the report said. I don't think you can really do that. Most folk don't really care. As long as the cash is still flowing, they don't even notice the inflation. So it goes on and on and on about how they're doing it, and it really doesn't mean much to us at all at the bottom. Uh, as I say, as long as that cash still circulates and, um, and you can afford to play yourselves. When we stop playing, we're in trouble. But they'll keep us playing to the bitter end, you know. You just won't notice, like the hamster, that you're running on a, a cheaper-made wheel, one with no ball bearings in it that starts to squeak an awful lot until, it, until little pins that hold it on fall off. That's the end. You see, that's the end. Then they won't have to give you anything else. And then we get uh, Microsoft. Of course, Microsoft was put up there, and, and Bill Gates and all these guys to be the front men for the military-industrial complex that runs the computer systems and to make sure that there can only be one. There must only be one, one of this and one of that and one of that in the perfect Marxist banker society. And it says here, uh, Microsoft's retiring chief technical officer, Ray Ozzie, asked that the company move on from its PC-oriented roots and envision a world that mainly relies on the Internet and wireless devices. The comment arrived just after the public announcement of his retirement and yada yada yada. It's important that all of us do precisely what our competitors and customers will ultimately do, close our eyes and form a realistic picture of what a post-PC world might actually look like. And he goes on to basically describe the cloud technology, where everyone will be in the cloud. You won't really need a hard drive and all that stuff, of course, because you'll have a plug-in through your little phone into the screens, and all your stuff will be done through the cloud. And the cloud is what they've been steering you towards. I call it the sheep pen, actually, because eventually everything will be done through the clouds, and everyone in the planet's data will get fed into it. And how wonderful for the world a security system, not just the national security system or agency, it'll be the world security agency, which already exists, and the NSA is just a big, big part of it. And, um, and they'll punish you too, as I say, when you've been naughty, and you've said something nasty in an email. And I've already thought about that. So you'll give it three warnings before you send an email. Do you want to send this particular email? You have included yada, 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 which is not politically correct. You get three warnings, and then, then you're out. So, you know, you'll get a penalty for two weeks off the Internet or a month uh, just to punish you, social approval, social disapproval, and your friends will all think you've done something awfully bad to get banned. You see, that's how people think, the masses basically. They must have done something wrong. And they're quite happy to do everything right, of course, whoever it happens to be in the, whatever morality society they give you. Kindergartens to get same-sex fairy tales as we go into this Soviet, Sovietized banker world, you see. That's why the bankers funded the Soviets. That's why all the big royalty families in Britain were all for this kind of socialistic system. It's no secret that Britain's royal family and others too across Europe, who are all related, of course, uh, were great friends of the Nazis, but they're also great friends of the Soviets, and because they were all based on socialism, socialist systems where uh, they'd have this massive bureaucracy of experts running all of society. There'd be no decisions at all for the people at the bottom to make. It would all be done for them, trying to work it like a big machine. And I've mentioned before how in the Soviet era they actually had a, a hero in the early days who built a machine, and he called it the social engineering machine, while well, these cogs in it and wheels went round to show you how the, the big society would actually work smoothly and nicely, as long as it was well-oiled, you see. And um, that's really how the society is still based today on this uh, 
this, this system which bases it on statistics and so on. It doesn't matter what reality is. Statistics go first and numbers. Everything is run to numbers like mathematics. Uh, and that's how they, they try and push things through mathematics. And again, through all the things that came out of game theory applied as well for CEOs, etc. Anyway, kindergartens to get same-sex fairy tales. Governments want to do away with established models, you know, nature's models, and traditional children's fairy tales are to be phased out. If you ever wonder why you saw those um, Xena things that came out and then all these warrior princesses, and there's lots of them now out there who all look uh, like they've just come out with the uh, Hollywoods after having their personal trainers and then their special diets and all the rest of it and exercise machines, and they dress them up in very skimpy clothing who just kick the blazes out of guys left, right, and center, more than, uh, than Chan did even in his movies, Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee. And... Um, this is the ones that are pushing now for the women, and guys are, are just falling back into be the little tubby machines that are portrayed to be in all the cartoons. Anyway, it says, picture books with princes who fall in love with other princes. Uh, eh? For princes who fall in love with other princes. I guess that's who he is now. Is, is that Charles? Or? Kings who'd rather spend time with their children than ruling their kingdom, and macho princesses who save princes from great danger will eventually be a regular part of kindergarten's education. And it's true, you know, they said a long, long time ago, you can create any kind of society you want with the right kind of indoctrination. And of course, the money and the power resources and the, and the, the having everybody on board with you, all the big institutions. The Ministry of Children, the Ministry of Children and Equality, this is like something about George Orwell, isn't it? The Ministry of Children and Equality wants to mirror Norwegian society's sexual diversity by expanding people's gender identity. Hmm, expanding it, eh? Children are to learn that having homosexual or lesbian parents is normal. Hmm. You know, I read an article last year from Norway where it's one of the few countries where you can actually have bestiality. It's not illegal. And they were, they were flying in all these wealthy people from New York and, and different parts of London and so on to go over for holidays there where they can have their pick from, uh, I don't think, anything from a hen up to a donkey and, and even book their favorite ones for the next time. And they tried to say there was no harm to the animals. See, that came out too in these world meetings that they had. As long as the animal isn't harmed, you know, because this is when they're talking about consent. As long as they try to get intergenerational sex too amongst the generations, so old characters, old geezers could have sex with young children. And they tried to say, well, as long as, as long as there's consent, you know, it's all right and there's no harm done. Well, they tried to do the same thing with the animals, but I haven't seen them signing on to any agreements. Anyway. Uh, that's what's to happen there and um, it just makes you think that it's pretty well all over isn't it it says traditional features are phased out the picture books with princes blah blah will fall in love yada, yada, to get ruled out and the women to be put up to the great heroes and heroines and, and so on it says, but one half years ago un- uh, the amended marriage law allowing same sex partners to tie the knot was introduced uh, there's now a move to transfer the ideology to toddlers and upwards uh, one and a half thousand examples of teaching materials warning against the one-sided gender patterns of fairy tales have been sent out to the country's kindergartens. Employees are also sent uh, on courses uh, where they'll learn how to talk to children about different sexual orientations, as well as improving their competence to handle cases of bullying because of sexual identity. I guess the females will be allowed to bully, though, because they have to if they're going to be warrior princesses. 
Research shows parents and kindergarten workers help reinforce traditional gender patterns. No kidding, eh? Well, that's terrible. They're contaminated parents. Parents have been putting contaminated ideas down in their children's heads for generations. It's got to stop. The aim of our work is to expand boys' and girls' room for manoeuvre in kindergartens. God, you imagine them all. You know what's going to happen in the kindergartens, don't you? Can you, can you imagine it? But like that school I talked about a few weeks ago in the States where the teacher was actually having, letting them have sex in the classroom. Yeah. Love happens in kindergarten and at school. So here we go. Love will happen in kindergarten at school. Ole Bridson Nordfell, Executive Educator at the Reform Foundation, are a sort centre for men. That's published in material tells Vartland. So there you go. There you go, folks. Everything that was predicted has come to pass. And, of course, uh, as, as it goes there, all the rest will follow the avant-garde, no doubt. And then all the upper middle classes and all the wannabes in America, Canada, Britain, elsewhere, if there's any left in Britain, I don't know, uh, will emulate it because you've got to be on the cutting edge, you know. You've got to be in reading the latest books by this author and that author. That's all they talk about at the little wine parties when they stand and, and talk to each other chit-chat nicely. Now, have you read the latest book by so-and-so and then they quote them? They have no ideas and thoughts of their own. They quote this and quote that. This is show that they've read them. And that's where they get all their updating and programming from. Another good article, too, to show that the war on terror was a pure farce, of course. It was to bring in the whole totalitarian world system by force because the Club of Rome and many other top think tanks for the United Nations and the ones who advise the world governments uh, said that they'd have to basically use authoritarian society to bring all of this in. Why wait another hundred years trying to brainwash the people by persuasion when you can just put it and ram it through? And remember Carl Quigley said, you can get more done in five years of war from social changes in propaganda than you can in 50 years of peace. And that's what the War of Terror is also all about. And by God, are they ramming everything through? Right? Everything. So this great war on terror, it says here from the Guardian, no terror arrests and 100,000 police counter-terror searches, the figures show. Just 504 people out of 10, 101,248 searches under counter-terror powers last year were held for any offence. And the ones that were held for were nothing to do with terrorism. It says that more than 100,000 people were stopped and searched by police and counter-terrorism powers last year, but none of them were arrested for terrorism-related offences. None of them. None of them. According to Home Office figures published today. That's how it is getting raided too, you know. The stats show that 504 people out of the 101,248 searches were arrested for any offence, an arrest rate of 0.5% compared with an average 10% arrest rate for street searches under normal police powers. The fears prompted the former Conservative Home Affairs spokesman David Davis to call for the controversial policy to be scrapped. This astonishing, astonishing fact that they just found out, eh? of no terrorism-related arrests, let alone alone prosecutions or convictions, and over 100,000 stop-and-searches demonstrate what a massively counterproductive policy this is, said Davis. They just noticed that that millions of cameras up, putting them up even before 9-11 happened, of course, try and get the the universal ID card in with the chip in it before 9-11 happened in 1998, all that stuff. But they've just noticed that this is, you know, there's just nothing happening here. 
It's a policy which fuels resentment and antagonism amongst minority communities without achieving a single arrest, conviction, serves only to help our enemies and increase the terrorism threat. Never mind that, you would also look towards all your voters who now call Mohammed. I should add that too. An annual Home Office bulletin on the use of terror powers also discloses for the first time that 85,000 people were questioned by police at airports and other border points in the last years under current terrorism legislation. More than 2,600 of them were held for more than an hour, just held out of 85,000. As Home Office ministers consider proposals to cut the current 28-day limit on detention without charge or terror of terror suspects, the official figures reveal that nobody has been held longer than 14 days for the last two years before being charged or released. Daniel Bulton on the police use of counterterrorism power shows that since the 9-11 attacks, 1,834 people have been arrested in Britain in connection with terrorism-related incidents. And we should probably add to that, too, generally is, is set up by MI5, who put out, uh, actually hire ethnics, bring them into MI5, and get them to set up sting operations, because you have to make sure that something's happening to justify all the cash you're getting and all that power. Same in Canada, that happened here, too, and it's uh, quite a few have happened in the States. So young guys out there, don't join anything, especially when someone's been awfully radical, getting away with it, it has some cash and it gives you a lot of goodies and spoils you, and, um, and no one's bothering them. He's setting you up for something. I hope you all remember that. And that goes for all groups, including whites. So a total of 1,000 of those suspects have been released without charge, 4 in 22 charged with current terrorism effect, 228 with other crimes, and the remaining 184 dealt with by other actions such as being transferred to the immigration authorities. So, isn't that a wonderful world we live in, eh? Back with more after these messages. We're cutting through the matrix, and I tell you, it takes some cutting to get through to any any idea or semblance of reality the way it's all presented to us, because it's all spun and either politically correct or it's meant to get you angry about something without any recourse as to what gets done about it, which just leaves you frustrated. And when you're frustrated, you tend to go off into happiness again. That's what we do, egocentric. So they give you all the fun stuff, and, that's, and so we forget all the frustrating stuff. Uh, we're played. We're played like fish on a line. It's quite simple to do. And there's a caller there. It's Luke from Vermont. Are you there, Luke? Yeah, hi, Alan. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. Um, I was wondering, do you think that any election can ever stop this this massive plan? No. No? No. Huh. Uh, see, I'm trying to decide whether or not I should invest in college and uh, or I should invest in something else. You think mm-hmm. you can help me with that? Yeah. I, I know where you, where you are because lots of folk are in the same boat. Um, no, the, the, this whole agenda was planned long before I was born and before you were born. And where it was to go, how it would go, even the stages, 15-year plans for this part, 20-year for that part, and so on. Uh, and it's never veered from its course, never veered. And elections now, they're still using the election scenarios that they gave us back in the, 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 the 1900s. 
even though everything is completely changed, you don't have parties as you think you have them. You've got a bunch of millionaires on the left, a bunch of millionaires on the right, uh, all investing in the same companies, all having quiet drinky poos as they share each other's homes and stuff, and wives sometimes and sometimes each other. And um, that's the real world they live in. They all invest in the same up-and-coming uh, uh, world um, agreements through the United Nations where the money is to be sunk. And that's what the IMF helps them do too. They're all connected with the IMF, all the top politicians, because that's where their shares go to developing nations. That means that they'll be matched with taxpayers' dollars um, to bring these emerging nations up. And so it's a winner. It's a sure bet winner. So there's nothing you can do going to change them. It doesn't matter who they give you as the front person. Look who's behind them and look at these particular advisors. They're all the same. They've all come from the same central source in every country. So they're all on board together. And then you have the parallel governments of the big foundations making sure that they're all on board together. Uh, No one deviates. If anyone deviates out of this, they're called a rogue nation. And NATO would be in and they'd bomb the hell out of you before you knew it. It's it's, it's set in stone. H.G. Wells talked about this when they signed the League of Nations. And he said, nothing can stop this agenda now. Nothing. Because now you have massive bureaucracies that have more power than the politicians. And these bureaucracies in every government work directly with other governments' bureaucracies of the equivalent level. And they work directly with the United Nations. That includes education and resources and money investment, all that kind of stuff. So what we're left with is the, the show for the public of voting in your popular hero, you know. Can you help me with that decision for college at all? Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, You're going to have to survive somehow, and you have to look at what you're going to go into. It's going to be the least damaging damaging to others and to yourself if you can do it and still be able to come through with a livable wage of some kind. And there's um, a few things open out there that you can go into, but especially develop your own mind, if nothing else, with as much of a diverse education as possible for yourself. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for calling. From Hamish Marcel from Ontario, Canada, is good night to me, your God or your God's school with you.